You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. You don't scare me. I got chunks of guys like you in my stool. We are back on The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. We're going to uh, spend some time in the Ontario Hockey League uh, in a second. Uh, my CHL Insider segment. And uh, that is brought to you by the thestorenextdoor.ca. Out in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, they are collecting all the broken hockey sticks they can get their hands on and transforming that junk into some really cool products like park benches and uh, deck chairs and uh, tables and uh, picture frames. Anything you want to do, uh, they got some great puck racks and stuff like that, too, if you're a collector of hockey pucks and you want to display them. Uh, check out the thestorenextdoor.ca, uh, employing people with disabilities and uh, helping them earn a paycheck, a great way to link up with their community in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. My CHL insider today is the voice of the Flint Firebirds. That's Dominic Hedig. How are you today, Dominic? Never been better, Guy. How are you? I'm doing terrific, uh, but not as good as the uh, the Firebirds are to start this season. I already set a, a record four-game win, uh, four win streak for the franchise, so I know the team's coming off a loss, but uh, the feeling's got to be pretty positive right now. Yeah, it is. I mean, obviously, there there hasn't been much to write home about in the in the past couple of years since the Firebirds became a franchise with the Plymouth Whalers moving to uh, Flint, Michigan. But uh, as you know, uh, probably more than the most, uh, the, the Canadian Hockey League Major Junior is very cyclical. You know, mm-hmm. when you're bad, you then become good. When you're good, uh, you know, it's time for for that rebuild year. And so it was only a matter of time, and that time is now for Flint. Um, and yes, they did set a franchise record for consecutive wins, and a few people or a few of your listeners might be saying, well, wow, only four. Yeah, that is the case, but um, this club has won three games in a row ten times since 2015. Never could make that jump to the fourth. All the time you hear you know, coaches and, and staff members say, well, hey, this is our year. We're going to be good this year. You never hear a team say, oh, we're not going to do good this year. And that, that's kind of our way to show, hey, you know, we're serious. Things have changed. Things are well in Flint. Things are good. Um, and this sort of this organization's in the right direction. So, yep, starting the season, uh, four and one was it was it was off to a good start. And, and obviously, you know, in this league, that's tough to do. And the Firebirds have accomplished it. Is there a bit of a different air around the team this year where it's, you know, put all the, the bad headlines are now well in the rearview mirror and you can just focus on hockey? I feel that way, but I'm the media guy. So you know, obviously people are going to think I'm biased, but I did do six years of NCAA Division One with Ferris State when, when they made their run to the Frozen Four in the National Championship game in 2012. And then obviously, you know, uh, have been a part of, of building this franchise, relocating it from Plymouth to Flint and everything from the jerseys, to the colors, to the logos, to the team name and uh, and, and everything in between the social media and the website. So I've seen both both sides of, uh, of the spectrum, and, and I would honestly say that the players in Flint are treated like royalty, and, and it all comes down from you know, leaving day before to, to, to games when a lot of teams come day up to us. It all comes down to um, you know the apparel packages, winter jackets, running shoes, backpacks, you know, duffel bags, and and, you know, all the way to the type of meals we ate. I think in the past, you know, we were eating at Eastside Mario's, and now we're, we're catering pre-game meal, post-game meal, and even breakfast at hotel conference rooms and stuff like that. So the, the Firebirds organization has, in my opinion, become one of the greatest places to play in terms of amenities, luxuries, and the way treatment uh, has given these guys. And, and even just go further, um, you know, our equipment manager is next to the best in, in all of the Canadian Hockey League where he's the type of guy who packs up all the gear, goes ahead of the team in a U-Haul truck and sets it all up. So our players come off the bus, they don't even touch their gear. 
They have carpets in front of each stall, a nameplate. All their gear is set up, and you know we have a full-time head equipment manager, manager and assistant equipment manager. And so we're hoping all that stuff translates on a success here. And right now, you're kind of seeing it yeah. play out. So far, so good. And and some guys, some of the marquee names on the team, and they're homegrown guys. So I think there are what four players who are tied to NHL teams right now, drafted by NHL teams, and they're all. I know Kolyachanik wasn't drafted by Flint, but came over really early last year. So certainly feels like a, a homegrown guy, but um, to have, you know, uh, the, the other four players, and Ty Delandria obviously uh, being a, a Dallas Stars pick, and Ethan Keppen now uh, with the, uh, the Vancouver Canucks uh, connection, and, and Dennis Busby, there is some recognizable names for people, for just casual NHL fans who might not be huge junior hockey fans. You look at the Flint roster, and you're recognizing talent now. Yeah, you're right. This club now in their fifth year is starting to build the history, you know, and, and I, when Delandria and Busby were drafted last June, in June of 2018, they were the first two to be Flint Firebird specific players, no longer Plymouth Whalers. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a special moment for our franchise. And then on top of that, Delandria was drafted to Dallas in the first round and the draft was in Dallas. It was Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan up on the, on the podium announcing that pick and all eyes in the hockey world were there. So when you hear from Flint and the OHL, that's huge. Well, likewise, again this year, uh, Ethan Keppen, who was drafted to Vancouver, and the draft was in Vancouver this year. So, um, you know, I think that uh, paired with, you know, we've had some uh, some other big stories like our, um, you know, local firefighter Rico Phillips just won the award at the, uh, the Willie O'Ree Award at, at the uh, NHL Awards in Vegas. And um, that was played on global television, right? And and the Flint Firebirds logo was all over that. And he's from Flint, Michigan. So I think it's becoming a point where the Flint Firebirds brand is starting to, um, you know, take on a, a much larger role than maybe, you know, we even think locally here and all in positive reasons not moving forward. Who, who's the guy that gets drafted by Montreal this year then with the draft being in Montreal? Oh, in Montreal. <laughs> well, we have two names up uh, for the draft. Evan Vierling is one of them. Michael Bianconi is another uh, I'm a big fan of, of Jack Harper uh, as well, who was a player that we drafted in 2018 as a defenseman in the seventh round, uh, and we just signed him this past August. And and he's you know he's quiet, street, sneaky, good, and I like what he does away from the puck and whatnot. So Veerling, Bean, Coney, Harper are a couple of names. A few, maybe Harper goes to Montreal, or maybe it's Evan Veerling. <laughs> That's funny. That That's a good one. All right. Well, I imagine I'll get both of those guys on the show at some point uh, over the course of this season. Um, tell me about Ty Delandry and just so, how. How he's sort of evolved as a player. I know it seemed like I remember when I had him on the show a couple of years ago in his draft year, already oozed leadership qualities and, and that kind of mentality that he wanted to be, you know, a, a catalyst for change for that organization. I imagine two years later, it's even more so for him. I'm guessing. 100%. And, and he is a city wide favorite. Uh, just, you could just tell with opening night. Um, you know, he's been gone for quite some time with the American League's Texas Stars at the end of the year. And then, you know, he was up with the Dallas Stars playing preseason games this year. He came back just in time for opening night and each player got their, you know, um, ovation, you know, for the introductions. And, and I was curious to see, you know, who, who some of the bigger, uh, applauses would, would go to. And now when Ty Delandria was announced, I mean, the, the roof almost came off and I just said, yeah, okay, this city gets it. They get, um, you know, they're, they're, they're franchise players or they, they understand, you know, uh, the game of hockey, I guess, if, 
if that makes sense. So you're right. Uh, he, he has, he has, you know, taken on a leadership role here in terms of changing things. He said it when he was drafted in 2016 in the O uh, that, you know, I want to be a part of the change. And so he has been a part and, and he's been able to see that um, through. And then he's, he said it to me a few times this year, like, wow, like we actually did it, you know, like things are different here. You could feel it now. And, and he's right. And also I mentioned how, I broadcasted NCAA games at Ferris State for six seasons. Well, that's, you know, essentially grown men at that point in time. Coming to the OHL, Ty Delandria was kind of the first player that I got to watch grow from a 16-year-old boy into, you know, now a 19, 20-year-old man kind of. And he's completely changed from his facial, you know, structured and expressions, the way he talks, the way he interviews, the way he handles fans. I mean, it really is was the first time that I got to watch a player, you know, kind of grow into a pro, and it's pretty special. And so I'll always, I'll always, you know, remember that about Ty. You know, hopefully that I have a long broadcasting career. He'll be one of the first that I got to see that change at the junior level. One of those things uh, with junior hockey, eh? Uh, Movember, and you see the sixteen-year-olds who can't uh, can't really contribute much to Movember, yeah. and by the end of it, they uh, they look like Grizzly Adams and stuff. Uh, That's funny. <laughs> um, Vlad Kolyachanak uh, taken in the second round last uh, last June by the Florida Panthers and signed already. That says something to me about uh, what the the Panthers have, uh, uh, the way they feel about what they have with uh, Kolyachanak. For those who haven't had a chance to watch him play and I know I, I want, the only time I got to see him in person was at the top prospect game last year in Red Deer, which is where I uh, interviewed him. But um, for, for those who haven't had a chance to watch him play, why is this guy somebody that Florida felt the need to sign uh, within three months of drafting him? Well, Vlad comes to Flint from Minsk, Belarus, the capital of Belarus, so half a globe away it seems like. And Vlad is that type of player who eat, breathes, sleeps, dreams hockey. He's the type of player who's first one there to the rink every day. He's the last one to leave. He's first on the ice for you know an hour in advance. When the when the team's off the ice for practice, you got to drag him off the ice. I'll never forget he came uh, just in, in August, right before he went to the, the, to the Panthers training camp, and, and he asked for ice. And our main ice was down in our main building, and we have a we're fortunate to have a practice facility. And for the first time in years, that ice was down. And he was literally begging, well, where can I find ice? Can you help me? And we worked out a deal with another local place in town and got him on ice there. And he'd be there two, three hours by himself, stick handling, shooting pucks and whatnot. So this is the type of player who hockey is everything and anything for him. It's also another first for me that I got to watch. I get, you know, I get, this is the first time I've got to see someone who was that into the game of hockey where he never wants to get off the ice. And that's why it's not a surprise to me that he was signed by Florida right out of, you know, his first training camp, you know, after being drafted this past June. So i um, happy for him um, and, and, and happy for, um, you know, uh, what he's able to bring to this hockey game. I can't wait to watch him have a long, you know, standing you know, tradition in the National Hockey League. The other import player for the Firebirds this year is uh, leading the team in scoring right now. I'm going to butcher the name, so I'll say that uh, right up front, but is it close to <laughs> being Evgeny Oksentyuk? Oh, you're right on, 100%. Oh, nice all pick. right, perfect. Tell me about him as a player, because all I can see is five foot seven, 157 pounds, and eight points uh, in five games. Another Belarusian for the Firebirds. Uh, so we went with both Belarus players for our two import players. 
And boy, has he been fun to watch. You're right. He's a shorter player. He's five foot seven, but he's one of those fireball type players. He'll go to corners. He'll hit a six foot guy and, and not back down. And then on top of that, highly, highly skilled. He finds a way to poke to, to make scoring chances himself he pokes pucks away from defensemen in the defensive zone it creates his own breakaways he creates his own opportunities in the game and, and a lot of times he capitalizes as well our opening night our building seats 4,000 we had 3,800 through the door near sellout you know and that's that's pretty good if, in a Michigan market during you know college football season when the, when the University of Michigan pulled 110,000 people and Michigan State pulled 70,000 people you know both just an hour away um, so for us to, to get those numbers was nice. And two minutes in, he, he walked a defenseman, defenseman tripped backwards, created a breakaway, scored on it, and it was a hey, welcome to Flint was my goal call. You know, so I, I like this kid a lot. He went on drafted this year. He attended the Montreal Canadiens um, rookie camp, I believe they call it, right after the NHL draft, um, and then uh, was at the Arizona Coyotes training camp. Um, and he is, you know, he is kind of one of those stories, again, to show that size kind of, does not necessarily need to be the case in the game of hockey today. And he finds a way to score goals. He leaves the team in points, and the players love him, and he's funny, and he's a great player. Dominic Hennig is the uh, voice of the Flint Firebirds. My guest here on the Pipeline Show is our CHL insider today. And uh, one of those things about junior hockey I always like to see is the guy who is leaps and bounds of where he was this time last year, um, You know, a year under a guy's belt at, at junior hockey level can be significant. Uh, who has taken a, a big jump forward this year already that you can tell through the first couple of weeks of the season compared to where he was last year? Well, I, I, it's uh, Flint's kind of been a weird, weird situation. I think if you would have asked me this question, um, you know, maybe back in March, I could tell you that Ethan Kepin was that player. This is a player who he self-proclaimed said, I don't think I'm going to get drafted this year. Came in, had a, you know, a career year this year, went fourth round to the Vancouver Canucks. Jake Durham, Came in last season. This is a player that signed on as a free agent for the Firebirds, um, and he found a way to break out for 55 points this year. That's a pretty big deal in the OHL for a free agent signing. Um, so those are two players who broke out last year. This year, it's a bit early for us, I think. I think Connor Roberts is a guy that I think you could say is, is having a breakout season, but he was a third overall pick in the same year Ty DeLandria went fifth overall to the Firebirds back right. in 2016. He's just been injured for the last two years. Now he's actually getting to show the actual true player he is. So I think Connor Roberts is a player that I think you look out for this season uh, for the Firebirds for sure on uh, the front end. And, and and he's been playing well. I also think watch out for Evan Beerling. I really, this player just was named a rated, rated level C on, on um, NHL Central Scouting's players to watch list. I think that's going to go up over the course of the year. Um, and, and he's going to, you know, find himself, you know, at a favorable position in the NHL draft this upcoming summer. So if you're going to ask me last year, I'm going Cuppin and Durham. If you're asking me this year, I'm going Beerling and Connor Roberts are, are the two for the Flint Firebirds. Uh, Eric Wellwood on the bench uh, again this year, uh, and uh, that stability, that uh, uh, carryover from one season to the next, uh, is it's got to be a positive thing for the Firebirds as well. Yeah, it is. Uh, Eric, this is a guy who is a three-time Memorial Cup champion. There's a few that have won it three times. Nobody has won it four. And he uh, openly says in different articles and, and, you know, media interviews that he wants to be the first to, to win four. And, you know, you got to love that in your coach. You know, that's a, that's a winning mentality. And, you know, he's played in the NHL. He's played with the Philadelphia Flyers. He's He's won the Memorial Cup twice as a player with the Windsor Spitfires, once as a coach with the Oshawa Generals. And so, 
to have that winning, you know, culture or that winning, you know, instinct here in Flint is, is huge. And, um, you know, I think he's, he's young enough in age where he relates to the guys. Uh, um, I, I think he does a heck of a job with that. And at the same time, though, he's old enough where they respect him and, and listen to him and, and, and make sure, um, you know, whatever he says goes. So I think it's a perfect combination here in Flint, but it doesn't just stop with him. I mean, the Firebirds also have a guy named Ryan Kuwabara, who was in a, co- a coach with the Saginaw Spirit last year. They went on to win the West Division. Well, now we have that championship culture also coming over to Flint, our rival city. So, um, and this is a guy who's in charge of booking the, 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 the trips the day before and booking the meals and, and the breakfast and the, and the pregame meals and the postgame meals and all that. And it's all five-star first-class stuff. So you could tell that that, you know, it was something maybe we might have been, um, you made a huge upgrade in this season uh, as well. So winning culture comes from all over right now with this club. And then Mark Rideout is a guy who was a former Plymouth Whaler and, and now owns a successful gym in, in Windsor, Ontario, which is the connection there with Eric Wellwood. And, um, now you, instead, you know, now you have a coach who is running our strength and conditioning program. Instead, it might have been the trainer beforehand. And, and you know, you, you might think you would get away with a little bit more when it's your trainer. But when it's your coach, you know, it's going to affect your playing time. Well, now you're better in the gym. And that, again, leads to on ice, you know, results for this hockey club moving forward. And that's why, you know, yeah, I'm the media guy. My, my, my paycheck comes from the Flint Firebirds hockey team. But when you actually add it all up and start doing the math, you think, wow, something special is actually happening right now in Flint, Michigan. And I really, truly believe that. Good to see you for sure uh, with Eric Wellwood. I'm darn sure I had him on the program back when he was winning Memorial Cups with Windsor as a player. So he's making me feel really old right now. Uh, <laughs> a head coach and having success in the OHL when I had him on as a player. Um, that shows my age. Uh, lastly, uh, the fan base in Flint. Uh, how's how's the um, the Firebirds uh, making that imprint in the city? And uh, you said the building holds, what, about 4,000? Is it are you selling it out every night or what sort of attendance do you draw? Well, I can't t- touch on a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, uh, again, there hasn't been much success here. You think about it, the Plymouth Whalers moved to Flint. Our first year was, you know, international headlines on a negative note. And then year two, we did make kind of a run. We went, we went to the playoffs and, and won a game in the first round versus St. Marie with still nothing really to get you going. And then year three is in year four. You, you finish second to last in the 20 team OHL. So, through all that, this team was still averaging 2,500 paid tickets, you know, through the door a night, through 34 nights. That's pretty darn good when you really think about it, when it's a new franchise and haven't really even taken off yet. So I think this city gets the OHL. I think they understand the, the, the type of hockey. We also just had a, a, the first Firebird to play at the home of the Detroit Red Wings, Little Caesars Arena the new building Sunday in the Red Wings home opener for the Dallas Stars, Nick Camano. So that res- that's starting to resonate as well. That was a huge positive for us this week, too, throughout Flint. It was on all the news stations and the radio stations and, of course, social media. But when you ask about the fan base, I personally think once we give them something to be prideful about, some sort of wins, um, this place is, is, is going to be incredible, an incredible place to play junior hockey. And the reason why is opening night like i said the building seats 4000 we had 3800 through the door on a college football saturday on, on game number one 
of the year. And, and that says a lot for us. Normally our attendance spikes after December, high school football is big in the States. Our local teams get four or 5,000 a night. College football is obviously huge. I talked about Michigan and Michigan state on Saturdays. And then on Sundays, it's the NFL and there's a Detroit lions and they're having a heck of a start to a season now as well. So it's tough for the American teams until football is over with, but I think Flint's a good market. And here's where I'm going to lose your listeners, I think, but I truly firmly believe this. And I say this and I ask people this all the time and everybody who's actually been to Flint on a, a night where we have at least 3,000 in the building agree with me. And I'm going to lose your listeners, but I'll put my money on it with anybody in this league in the OHL. I honestly, truly believe Flint Firebirds have the loudest building in the 20-team OHL. And I'm not just saying that as a media guy. You can roll your eyes and everything you all you want, but come here. I mean, honestly, come here and experience it. Our fans, you know, come for the wave and the $2 beers and the $2 hot dogs, or I feel like Canadian fans, they go to watch the power play. They dissect the penalty kill. It's in their blood, right? Our fans come for the party. It's a blue-collar town. It's an older building. It's a short roof or a low roof. And I just think the roof gets blown off on games here in Flint when, when, when the buildings, you know, at least three quarters full. I, I invite you, Gee, come on, I'll, I'll give, I'll give you a full tour and experience. And you're going to love the facilities and the press box and the suites and everything. It's a fantastic environment. One day I will, I will definitely take you up on that. Cause uh, it, I, I noticed it out here in the WHL as well. And I, I've been fortunate enough to go to one of the American franchises out here and I noticed the, the difference in the mentality of the American hockey fan compared to the Canadian hockey fan. And you kind of touched on it there. I think Canadian hockey fans cheer they in reaction to what's happening, whereas I think American hockey fans try to influence the play a, a lot more than Canadian hockey fans do. And I think it makes for a completely different sort of environment. Uh, how, how would you describe the difference? Uh, I think that's, you know, exactly it. What you said, where they try to influence, and maybe that comes from, you know, the whole student sections in college football and stuff like that and high mm-hmm. school football. Maybe that's where the mentality comes from. I also think our alcohol is cheaper. Like I said, $2 <laughs> beers, so that probably plays a factor in it. And I do want to say that, you know, again, I'm the broadcaster for the team. I've been to all 20 buildings in the league, you know, for the last five consecutive years. So I'm not just, you know, pulling this out of a hat and just giving some bold claim. I, I honestly truly believe that. And, and again, it's, it's American fans. I think they come for the party. You yeah. know, hockey isn't our primary sport in the U.S. Um, so they come to have a good time and they're not there just because it's a religion where it is in Canada. And I love that. I think it's a huge advantage for us. And, you know, you hear from a lot of people, players that come over that were traded from the London Knights, you know, uh, and the Windsor Spitfires of, of the OHL. They come and they're like, man, we used to hate coming here because it was so loud and so hard to play at. And now they're here and they say, yeah, it's definitely the loudest building in the league. So who knows if I'm biased? I'm sure a lot of people will probably already turn this interview off after hearing that, but I'll <laughs> stick by it. And I mean that 100%. I think Flint's a destination. You want to come check it out. And one more on that is the Niagara Ice Dogs are here for opening night, and their media girl, her name is Jordan Musa. Uh, she actually sent a, a text saying, pleasantly surprised with Flint. It's not what people expect at all. Your downtown area is awesome, awesome craft breweries, and we had a great time, and you have an awesome building. And you don't hear, you don't think that when you think of Flint, Michigan, but it's true. I invite everybody to come on down and see it for yourself. Awesome stuff. Uh, well, all the listeners can uh, let us know on Twitter right now what they thought of uh, your comments about the, the, the caliber of oh, the no. crowd and stuff. So on Twitter, <laughs> oh, you're what? Dominic yeah. Hennig, and it's not Henning, it's Hennig. So you can follow you on Twitter if uh, if they're not already, and they can they can let us know which is the best barn in the OHL for uh, 
for the atmosphere. Dominic, I really appreciate your time and I will, I, I, I definitely need to make a trek out to Ontario and, and take in some OHL, uh, action and, and I'll get across the border and, and watch some games, uh, in your neck of the woods. Thanks for doing this. I'll roll up the red carpet for you, Gee. Have a good night. There's Dominic Henning of the, uh, Flint Firebirds and, uh, it is Hennig, not Henning, although I always naturally want to say Henning, but you take out that N in the ING and it's Hennig. But when I play it back, it always sounds like I have a cold and I'm saying Hedig, Hedig, a name I always seem to butcher. And I apologize uh, to Dominic for that, uh, but uh, always appreciate when he is uh, able to come on the show. Supplied me with the uh, play-by-play clip there of Ty Delandria at that you heard at the end of the uh, the first segment that I used. And uh, good to see Flint off to uh, such a, a, a promising start. Up next... A little NCAA hockey talk. We'll go to uh, the Hockey East Conference and a preview that conference for everybody. And uh, Jimmy Connolly from USCHO is my guest to do that. He joins me next here on the Pipeline Show. Coach Dibbon could not resist leaving Newhook out there. Newhook will wind up out of his own zone. He went from Newfoundland to Victoria last year, and here he goes. Wide around the middle. Newhook shoots, scores! He does it again! Hi, it's Alex Newhook of the Victoria Grizzlies, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Jonathan Taves. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! Colton Pareko. And Patrick Sharp. We're stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! 